Fresh Start podcast series is designed to help you understand where conflict comes from and to build a toolkit to ensure the healthiest ways to deal with it. Each week, we will be talking with a leader in their field that understands the nature of conflict and why we can sometimes fall into traps that escalate them. Whether at home, work, or social situations, conflict can be all around us. We look forward to providing you the information you need to build resiliency, communication skills, and healthier relationships. After all, conflict may be inevitable, but combat is optional. Tune in each week and start creating your very own fresh start. Well, thank you everybody for tuning in to our continuing series on conflict resolution techniques for partnerships. Today we're going to be discussing the fifth uh, aspect of this series called listening with intent. And uh, as always, we have a wonderful guest with us today. And today's guest is Nancy Payne. Hi, Nancy. Hi, good morning, Don. How are you today? Oh, it's bright. It's early. The sun is shining. There's not much to complain about. So I'm <laughs> I'm pretty happy about that. But I'm really excited about this topic because we've been talking about um, intent uh, for throughout this, uh, throughout these episodes, throughout this whole series. And now we're kind of putting a little twist on what intent means, right? We've talked about intent and perception. Uh, a lot, but now we're kind of refocusing intent. So what are we, uh, what's our main theme today? Well, our main theme today is how intent uh, applies to listening. So listening with intent. So uh, when you're coming into a conversation with someone, like, um, can you slow it down just a little bit and, um, you know, start to to listen to what the other person is saying. If you walk into a conversation with the intent that you need to get what you want to say out first, or you're going in with the in, intent of, um, you know, I, I need to get what I, I want to get out of this. You, you really can't put that focus on the other person, which has really been the thread of this podcast. It's learning how to step out of that behavior and to really start to um, take the time to listen to and, and understand what's going on for the other person and understanding what's going on with the other person, some of the other tools we talked about, like managing emotion and, um, you know, destructive arguments or destructive conversations and how to change those around. But it's, it's also um, being able to use the tool of listening to, to be able to dig a little bit deeper into what's happening for the other person. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And I think that, you know, a lot of the messaging especially that we see nowadays is how to speak with intent, how to speak assertively. And, and, and while those are wonderful lessons, and I think they're extraordinarily important, I don't think that they focus enough on the power of listening with intent. And when you listen with intent, it then provides you the opportunity when you speak with intent to be heard. And I think that that's, that's, that's kind of the dichotomy that's out there right now. It's, um, you know, we have to learn to, to, to show our voice, to show who we are, to show our meaning. And that's only one aspect of, of communication. Communication is 
speaking and hearing and then listening and speaking, right? It is. And, um, you know, how many times have we asked the question and instead of just being quiet and hearing what the other person has to say, we ask three questions in a row. That's right. right? Yeah. right? So it's, it's hard to hear what the other person um, thought of the first question you asked. It's hard for them to even remember it. So they're focused on the last question that you asked. So the information that you were trying to gather from the first two questions, um, you need that listening part. That's right. That's right. And, and, and a lot of times in conversations, I've just heard, okay, well, the question I have for you is this and this and this and this and this. And so, uh, I'm, I, you know, it's really difficult to kind of keep track of everything. But when, uh, you know, you start listening to um, some of that Chris Voss uh, negotiation series and, and William Urey and all of this is based around the concept that in order to meet your needs, you need to meet the other person's needs. And the only way to do that is by listening. Yeah. So if you want to get what you want or what you need, you need to help the other person get theirs first. Mm -hmm. And it really is um, going in with an understanding of if I'm helping this person, I'm actually helping myself where a lot of us have the understanding or belief, wherever that comes from, uh, we won't go down that rabbit hole of environment and social and mm -hmm. uh, how we grew up, but it's, uh, we go in with it, um, you know, that we need to get what we need to get. We don't go into it just sitting back to understand what's going on for the other person. And the whole point of listening and listening with intent, if you want to be strategic, if you want to use that word, we're gathering information. We're yeah. gathering information to, to understand how things are impacting the other person, mm -hmm. what it is that, that they need. Um, and then we get an opportunity to do the same. And I think that what happens is as a relationship continues, right, we, we, we get into those assumptive uh, uh, frames of mind, right? So I already know what you're going to say, so you don't even need to say it sort of thing. And, and if you're, it's kind of striking as communication breaks down in a relationship, if you take that one moment to reflect, and, and again, the way we break this down and all, all, all the series and the, and the communication techniques um, for partnerships is that we ask you to do a reflection piece then we're, we're we're trying to see what insight we gain from that, and then we we're, we're going to deliver up on a on a practice piece. But when we start thinking about listening with intent, in particular, do you remember what it was like at the beginning of your relationship and how carefully you listened? You were very uh, on the tip, and you you just wanted to hear what the other person had to say. You wanted to know what they thought. You're interested. Yeah, right? you wanted yeah. to share your ideas and views and to see if they were interested in um, what their thoughts and views were because in the beginning, you're you're trying to see if there's a relationship here and you're trying to build that relationship. And how else do you do it without that communication and and the understanding of what's going on uh, for the other person, if you're a good match, if you have the same values and ideas? And how did you do that? You listened. That's right. And, and I think that, you know, we kind of confuse uh, routine for communication. 
as 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 the relationship goes right well i wake up in the morning you know i go i brush my teeth i shower i do whatever uh, i make you a coffee i make me a coffee and, and you know and the amount of words that actually cross each other's lips is probably something in the arena of good morning have a good day right it, mm-hmm. and, and it's about mm-hmm. engaging that conversation because at the beginning of the relationship there were you know you you must remember those moments where you're like spending hours on the phone and you know oh i was up all night we were chatting and and now it's it's to the point where the communication really has has stopped. Yeah, and, and the other side, um, or another piece to that too, is you know if there's something bothering me, I'm I'm the type of person I'll wake up at two o'clock in the morning yeah. and my brain will spin out and then I'll go <laughs> over it all and then the next day when um, I want to talk to my partner about something that was bothering me or something that was important, you know I I've got it all figured out in my head. Yeah. So then right. I just, you know, dump it all on on him. And then it's like, um, I haven't given him an opportunity to speak, to understand his pers- perspective, what his views are. It's like, you know, so just being able to take a step back and knowing that voice is there, knowing that you've got the script written in your head, but being able to just put that side to a side for a minute and then intentionally put that to a side and then listen to what your other part your partner, other person, work relationship, whatever that relationship is, um, to just be able to put your mental noise and and ideas and assumptions to a side and listen to what's going on for the other person. Because the way you're viewing it is not the way that they're viewing it. Well, and, and I think that what it really comes down to is the excitement of communication. At the, at the outset of a relationship, the excitement of the communication is there. It's ever present. You're hanging on every word. You're more interested in what they have to say than expressing your own opinion. And then there's a shift that happens. And when needs aren't met, and we, we went through that discussion a couple of episodes ago, but when needs aren't met, we what we do is we supplant proper communication with just expressing our view and making sure, do you understand? Do you get where I'm coming from? Well, it's, and I think that what we're trying to say today is in order to get there, the quickest route between two points is to listen to what their needs are and then you can incorporate your own because at the, at the outset, right? You know, we, we, we start, um, you know, when we compare a, a recent argument to what it was at the beginning, right? When you were at the beginning, did you fully understand where you're, where, you know, what was going on for you during the argument or for your partner? And how did your feelings about your partner differ from when you felt the closest and during this argument, right? So like, these are great reflective questions because you could say, you know, fundamentally we didn't change something within our relationship changed. So what is that one thing? And I think that what we're trying to say is listening with intent is one of those. Is that? Yes, we have to to change how we listen. And I, you know, before I got into uh, learning uh, all of this wonderful stuff about how to communicate and and conflict and um, and I wish we could um, find another word other than conflict because I think it just has such a stigma to it. But um, it's it's really just been like. I am so busy giving my opinion and um, telling people what I think. That's right. That, that when you look back at it, or when I look back, it's like I was so busy, um, you know, adding my two cents worth. I wasn't really hearing what was going on for the other person. Not only was I not hearing, I wasn't even really asking. 
Yeah. 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 And and, and I and I really like that you, you kind of raised the point of uh the word conflict in and of itself. Because I mean, in and of itself, the word conflict, I mean, it's benign. There are great conflicts that happen in the world, right? Or within ourselves. Conflict uh of ideas, conflict of thought. I mean, it inspires uh, invention, right? When we don't have the tools, that's a conflict, right? But we, it's stigmatized when we start talking about, for example, you know, the conflict in the Middle East. That's how it's always kind of referred to it. We know that conflict, therefore, means war, but it doesn't. It doesn't, right? There's that Max Licato, uh quote that we use uh, quite uh, uh, frequently in, in, in this game. And it's, you know, conflict is inevitable, but combat is what's optional and and in in this course when we start talking about the insight um when you start thinking about where communication is now with arguments um we really want our partner to listen to us but the fundamental truth the fundamental truth of any relationship is that closeness with our partner is greatest when we listen to them Absolutely. Yeah. And you remember those moments, uh, and I'm, we all have them, where um, we have, you know, just poured our heart out, and we know that we've been heard, and that connection that that creates in the relationship, yeah. and being able to give that platform for someone else is just a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, when we use the word conflict, it just triggers so much negativity in us because that's that's how it's been used. But one thing that I've learned in this you know, whole process is that conflict, if not uh, approached from a combative point of view, yeah. is such a trigger and catalyst for uh, change and growth. That's right. And that really is what life is about. If we could just change our perception of that word or just use a different word that has uh, more of a positive connotation. Maybe we could walk into those um, those situations with a, a, a much more positive intent with less fear. Well, and I think that's why, you know, we're trying to define words throughout this podcast. So people have the same base. Uh, I did a presentation at um, a school, very diverse school. Uh, and in one of the classes, there were 30 kids. And um, I just asked a question, how many languages does everybody know here? And out of the 30 kids, there's something like, you know, ridiculous number, like 35, 37 languages people oh, wow. spoke fluently. And you, you start bringing that back to, are we defining words the same? Right. It, when I say the word conflict, I have this very, you know, uh, uh, beautiful version of it where conflict, I mean, it actually leads to greater communication and, you know, uh, th- th- this great view. So when I see conflict, I'm, I'm interested. Right. Other people hear conflict and they just, you know, want to just run away. Right. Yeah. So it's it's so if we can't even define that one word how are we going to be able to understand? And that's why it's important to define words like needs and wants and intent and listening and what all those different meanings really, really are, right? Yeah, and I know you have a great pick that you use in some of your presentations, Don, uh, that listening in the Japanese language has so many different symbols and that's it right. has like five or six different meanings. 
Well, it's it's so, it, it, and this is a great one. So, so the uh, the Japanese symbol, or sorry, the Chinese symbol. Oh, sorry, Chinese uh, for symbol. for uh, listening and 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 the way that you know that the the script works is that you take um, uh, different symbols uh, that mean different things and add them together and creates a new word. So uh, you add the symbol for. Um, uh, listening, obviously your ears, right? Then your eyes, then your soul, then your heart. So mm -hmm. it, it incorporates this whole thing of listening with real intent where you're not only just hearing what somebody says, but you're actually looking at them. You're reading their body language, your whole presence in there. And you have this interest that's listening with intent. Everything else, if you're, if you're talking to somebody and I'm on my, if you're talking to me and I'm on my phone, Am I really listening with intent? Do you feel heard, right? Not at all. My daughter yeah. will um, not speak with me unless I'm looking her in the eye. I am terrible. If I'm trying to text or send an email, um, if I am focused somewhere else, and my, my daughter's a grown woman now, and uh, she, she would have to repeat things like three or four times. Yeah. That that's how poorly my listening was when I was trying to focus on something else. And she said, Mom, stop. Look at me. Yeah. And I would have to put something to the side and actually just sit and focus on her. And she demanded that. And and I love her for it. Because of course our kids teach us so much. But no, you cannot um have your attention split two, three different places and still give it the same focus. That's right. That is not listening with intent. No, it's not. And 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 I think that, you know, one of the aspects in, in listening with intent is um it's it's knowing which when it is uh, when's a good time to ask a question. Like listening with intent doesn't mean that you're just sitting there silently, you know, just kind of going, wait, when's it going to be my turn? <laughs> right. Yeah. Or it's, thinking about your grocery list or yeah. Listening with intent does mean that you, that, that you speak, but what you're asking is you're trying to show that you're interested. Right. And when we get to the practice piece, there's, there's a couple pieces I really want to talk about uh, to that end. And I know that that's going to carry on uh, for a little bit, but it's about um, being inquisitive about your partner, right? It's about creating that deeper, more meaningful conversation, trying to stay away from surface and really get into that understanding. That's how we kind of move on. So if somebody asks me, uh, you know, uh, if Leanne asked me, Hey, Don, clean up the, the, the clothes on the, on, on the chair, right. Collect the clothes. And my mind right away is like, well, you know, yesterday I did X, Y, and Z, and I did da 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 da. And now you're asking me to, instead, I could just be, you know, how is this important for you, right? It's like, it's, 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 I'm a little bit tired. So I really want to understand. And then we can get to the understanding of, well, she just woke up and she wanted the house clean and there's guests coming, or, you know, it could be, it could be a million different things, but I've already created a discussion in my head and I haven't taken the time to see where their point of view is coming from. Yes, and I love the, the the point that you brought up that listening is an active engagement. It is not passive. Right. And that is right. key to yeah. listening with yeah. intent. Um, and, and like you say, with the example that you just gave is if people want something, need something, are upset about something, are asking about something, there's a reason behind that. What is that reason? Why is this important for them? That's right. Because their motivation is extraordinarily important, right? Mm -hmm. they, they're 
everybody does something for a reason, right? And then you know, there's that whole um, seven thirty eight fifty five rule, and 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 if any listener has has uh, followed uh, you know Chris Voss or done research into into communication, the seven thirty eight fifty five rule is that you know fifty five percent of what people like to be able to see in communication is body language, 38% is tonality, and only 7% are the words. So if we focus solely on the words, we're disadvantaging ourselves with understanding where the other person is coming from by 93%, right? And so it's, it's, it's taking those extra steps to become inquisitive, really understand where they're coming from. Uh, and, and I think that the nice thing about this is, is when you really reflect back and when you're inquisitive and interested, those are those moments where you're like, oh, my God, like we've been chatting the whole night. I didn't even realize it's three hours in and, and, and this conversation has just been fantastic because when we get into those modes, we just become much more interested in the other person and in the relationship. Yeah. And I have to say, like being somebody that was always looking for the correct words in a situation, once you understand uh, that percentage of rules, uh, what was it again? The 70... 73855. 73855. Uh, or no. So, yeah, 73855. Yeah. Yes. Right. Yeah. Um, I'm a visual, so saying it out loud, my That's brain right. is... <laughs> but it takes so much stress off your shoulders because I'm not going in with an agenda anymore. I'm mm. not spending a whole pile of time trying to compose um uh points or all of that stuff right i just go in i sit i ask a question i lean in and i listen yeah yeah so it really takes that stress out of the whole situation for me personally that's been a great experience and i and i think that when you start applying you know when you really dig deeper into this then you can start applying you know different aspects of like mirroring and labeling and you know yeah. tonality and, and and all that stuff into into your speech but for now when we start talking okay so we've reflected on how important it is to listen and when we recall really great times in the relationship is when we listen with intent and when we did it passively we didn't do it you know i'm now going to sit down and listen with intent it was just part of the nature of the relationship and as you know communication breaks down what we're saying is that is a natural uh sort of byproduct of being with somebody for an extended period of time right we, we just start making certain assumptions based off previous data right yes and if we, if we start arguing or communication breaks down, we it's it's incumbent upon us to actually now with intent and, and it's no longer passive, we now go through a practice of listening with intent. And the, the insight from this is that we recall, we now know uh, what the effects of listening with intent is. It brings us closer together. So yeah, we have a tool, listening with intent. We've certainly talked about it um, in detail. But what, what does that bring? What does that tool give us? And for any of us, we just want to feel that we've been heard. And listening with intent is a tool to help other people feel like they've been heard. That's right. And that's right. And so so when we get into the, the practice piece of, of doing this, and, the, and this part I absolutely love, uh, it's how do you listen with intent and how does the other person know that you're listening with intent? And there's a couple of uh, things that you can do. And there's a really good exercise I do when I do these, these, these presentations and I call it the open-ended question game, right? So what I do is I line up about uh, uh, five, five or six people 
um, on one side, five or six people on the other side. And what we do is we, we just go through and we just say, all right, what you have to do, the first person, you have to ask somebody an open-ended question, a question that begins with either how or what, right? Right. How or what? And you, as the listener to this question, you have to make eye contact with the person you as the listener, uh, have to disregard the question and immediately respond with a completely different open-ended question that begins with how or what. And what happens is our brains just immediately freeze. When somebody asks us an open-ended question, we it that's empathy. It means that somebody's asking you a question because they want to know the answer. This isn't a yes or no. This is something you actually have to think about. So your brain automatically goes into thinking, and it's so difficult to disregard that and move into an open-ended question that's that that that's different, that that's unique, that it's almost every single time you know, one person is out on this side, then the other person is out on the other side with the next question and so forth, because our brains really is like, oh, somebody's asking me, they really want to know. And then we have to sit back and be quiet. But the reason we do the how or what, right, this is another really cool thing. And we just kind of went over this yesterday, right? Mm -hmm, yes, we so, did. So why do we do the how uh, or what? And why don't we do why? Why is why not a good open-ended question? And, and why um, it actually uh, creates a sense of defensiveness in us. Right. Like right. if I came in and um, like I said, you know, why are you wearing that cream color shirt? What, and if it was wrong, first of all, I'm colorblind. I don't know it's cream. Then, <laughs> you know, like, but right away, you're right. You know, you start getting into that. It's like, yeah, what's wrong with my sweater or what's wrong with my shoes? Or yeah. you feel like you have to defend yourself. That's right. So with a why, That's so right. then the it just triggers the other person to defend their position, their idea, uh, their situation. That's right. That's right. And and when we start, you know, it's like little things. Whenever we use the word uh, "you" in a conversation, there might be a little tinge, a feeling of accusation in that, right? So when we start talking about how or what, like how can we make this work, right? Now we start getting into solution-focused mindset, right? Now we're looking at it from a completely different perspective what you know what, what is the matter what can we do you know how can we figure this out you know you know how is this impacting you in a negative way what needs to be done now we start taking a look at okay there's it's a different level of conversation right yeah you you open it up by taking the why out and and putting in the hour what you certainly uh, take that defensiveness out of the whole conversation. Right. And it allows somebody to feel um, comfortable and feel like you're interested, like you said. So instead of putting them on the defensive, they're actually opening up and it's like, oh, well. And not only that, you get them thinking. Right. Uh, and I know when uh, people ask me how or what, it really gets me thinking about things in a way that I haven't before. So it is really a great way to allow people to think for themselves and to come to their own conclusions instead of us thinking for them and coming up with conclusions that we feel would work for them. Uh, and, and and that's a great point, Nancy, mm -hmm. because, uh, you know, when we start going down this path, what we realize is a lot of times when there's an argument, it's me against you. Yes, and the how or what sort of transitions it and changes the pronouns from you or me to we 
or us. And the second we can change it to we or us, now it's both of us working together to combat the problem as opposed to me fighting you. It's us fighting that. Yeah, I right? don't feel like you think I'm the problem. And right? that's the worst. We right. can separate the problem from the person and the two of us can look at the problem and say, okay, how can we deal with this problem? It's not that there's something wrong with me or there that I did something wrong and the same for the other person. They don't feel blamed or like they have to defend themselves. So if you can take the problem and have both of you work on the problem and keep the people uh, out of it, it really does shift. Again, it's another great way to shift that whole perception and um, situation. Yeah, no, and 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 that's and that's the great thing because, you know, when we start making accusations as as the relationship proceeds, and we, you know, there's love is we love each other. We're knowing our routine and everything like that. And when we get into a situation where we feel accused, I'm not being accused by some random person out in the street. I'm being accused by the person that is supposed to know me the very best in the entire world that knows all my quirks and my idiosyncrasies and is now on top of all of that who somebody who's supposed to accept me is now I feel judged by them. That's what really escalates these conversations into, into um, destructive arguments. It is. And the beauty about listening with intent, like, and Brene Brown is great with talking about vulnerability, mm -hmm. but vulnerability is not just being able to share all the good and wonderful things vulnerability is being um, that you feel safe enough with that person to be able to share some of our personal things that aren't so nice and wonderful. Right. And listening with intent, if you look at vulnerability from a full perspective of not just all the happy stuff, but some of the stuff that we really need to talk about um, and to know that we can talk about it with this person and they're not going to judge us and they're not going to blame us. I, you know, whether it's your sister or your partner or your parents or your kids or whoever you have that relationship with, that that is a relationship that you will have for life. Like right. being able to create that space, not only to talk about the good, but to talk about the uh, the not so good. Yeah. And, and you know, I grew up in in, uh, in central Alberta in, in, in the 80s and early 90s. And, you know, the whole concept of masculinity was that you don't show emotion, right? If you're upset, you just kind of bury that real deep, you just stuff it right down mm -hmm. inside and, and and you don't deal with it because that's what masculinity is. And as, you know, uh, more knowledge has, has, has come into mental health, we start discovering that that is now, we, we call that now toxic masculinity, right? That vulnerability is actually real strength. When you're able to open up about your innermost fears, I mean, because that's what courage is. Courage isn't the absence of fear that's just doing it uh courage means that you have fear and you do it anyway mm -hmm. right so when 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 you're able to be vulnerable enough with how you feel and you're able to express it in a calm manner that's what brings connection right and and open-ended questions help bring that out and the fact that i do or ask an open-ended question means that i'm actually interested in getting into this discussion yeah, because like ne negotiation in the past was don't talk about emotion. Don't deal with that aspect. You know, avoid the elephant in the room. Yeah. Um, and, you know, statistics have shown that that is not the case at all. You need to deal with the emotion. You need to deal with the elephant in the room. 
and any negative um, perceptions that somebody else may have about the situation. And yeah. once you can get all of that out of the way, you can really get into a good conversation, asking great questions and listening with intent and right. moving forward. Right, right, yeah. And and so and so now when we, we start going to the practice, these are the how or what. We've kind of explained what kind of questions, how or what you, you, you wanna avoid using the word you as much as possible, right? Keep it, uh, try not to make it accusatory as possible. So we're gonna ask you now to do what? Um, so, you know, listen, list as many open-ended questions as you can. Okay. Um, you so know, just the how or what, just like list as many as you can, but you got to make sure, right, that they, uh, that the questions relate to your partner's needs. Okay. And we went, and we went through that, you know, a, a couple of lessons ago about, you know, uh, um, understanding, you know, what our needs, you know, how they get there, what's important. And, 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 and so now we can ask those questions that relate to those needs. Like we're in an advanced stage already that we're ready to listen. Now we understand what their needs are. We know what our needs are, but at this point, our focus for this section is on their needs, right? Yeah. And okay. understanding what is important for them Yes, and um, you know, what about it is important for them and how that impacts them and just going deeper with those how and 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 what questions to gather that information okay okay so now we, we we've listed all these these open-ended questions now we got to put them out there right we we, we got it we got we, we're, we're going to start now the practice of asking now one aspect that's really important when somebody gives you an answer how do you check in and let them know that you heard and understood what they said. So we're going to do a lot of nodding. We're going to use a lot of body language. We're going to, you know, say yes, right? Things like that. But what else do we need to do so the other party really feels that you understood what they said? And and I think it's really important too um, to to make sure you understand right. what they said. Right, right, right. Because yeah. like going back to like my idea of conflict and your idea of conflict could be two very different things that's right but using that paraphrasing, paraphrasing. Right? so what is paraphrasing okay so let's do an example don all right uh, tell oh, me what conflict means to you well what conflict means to me it's an opportunity it's an opportunity to gain further understanding to somebody else's needs or an issue that's at hand okay so what i'm hearing you say is that conflict for you is a positive thing it it is a challenge and it helps you understand uh, the situation uh, and how you can help someone else. Absolutely. Right yeah. now, now what was done there and what was really cool about it is you said what I said, but you used your own words mm -hmm. to ensure that in, in, in the way you define words to see, to, to show me that you understood. Yeah. And you can repeat it back like almost verbatim. Right. If, if you, if you choose to do that, if that's easier for you or that's what's more natural for you. But being able to use your own words and and state it back, it's very clear. The other person will say, "No, no, no, that that's not what I meant at all." Right. Or, or oh yeah, yeah, actually, yeah, you do have it. So now you're clear that you really understand what's happening for them. They're clear that you understand what's happening for them, and there's no misunderstandings in there that can trip you up. Right. So and and so the other the last part of that is like like you said, you just have to be sure to check in that. All right. So I paraphrase. That's great. But was it actually what they tried to say? Are they agreeing? Yes. Now you understand where I'm coming from. Right? Yeah, and then that opens it up. Once you paraphrase back, mm -hmm. then they can say, yeah, um, 
yeah, I did actually mean this, but right here, I just need to clarify, or then they can uh, continue to add uh, to that particular point. Right. Yeah. They yeah. Can, we can start tweaking the, the definition to make sure we're on the same page. Right. So it's, it's basically like an instruction manual on communication. It's, it's okay. So this is what I heard. Well, yes, almost. So yeah, I, I, I do see conflict as, as not necessarily a positive, but an opportunity for positivity. Right. Yeah. So it's so, oh, okay. I get it now more. So you see it as a, an opportunity for positivity. So it's not always negative. It's, it's, it's more benign. Yes. Perfect. Now we can move forward because now we've established that we understand maybe the topic or, or, or at least that, that basic understanding. And then we go through a different open-ended question paraphrase again and you go through this cycle and at the end of this well you got you have understanding yeah like i mean and you can look at paraphrasing as a check-in that's right like when you create an email or you're in a meeting or you know you've been working for an hour or two on particular tasks you always go back and check see if you've mess, missed anything you know you can double check the instructions on what you're doing to see that you fully understood I, with most things in life, we do a check-in just to see if we're um, on the right page, going in the right direction, you know, whether it's our goals or a particular task or situation we're doing. Right. But we can be in a conversation with somebody for an hour or two hours and never check in. Yeah, that's right. That's right. It, it, like, how are you? Yeah, that's right. You got to take that pause. And after that pause, what you're left with is just a, maybe a little bit more insight into where somebody is so so you know i, I again i, I want to reflect upon the fact that we said that this session is about listening with intent and we're giving you practice on how to speak because it 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 does go hand in hand listening with intent means that you're knowing how to ask the right questions and then showing the other person that you've actually heard Right. Because th th there's like five levels of listening. So going all the way from ignoring at the very, you know, at the one end of the spectrum to really, you know, showing with body language and with your reactions and by paraphrasing and asking the right questions that you're that you want to, to listen. And then that you show that you did actually hear what they said. Right? Yes. And um, listening with intent can be uh it can be um, exhausting as well, too. Like if you're in a profession like the mediation that we're doing, if you're going to be doing like two or three mediations during the day and you have to be, you know, we are super focused on mm -hmm. our clients That's right. and what their needs are and working with them. And, and we engage listening with intent um, daily. But at the end of the day, that can leave you a little bit exhausted, too. Right. And, and, and from the mediation side. Right. Yeah. But when you're when you're actually involved in the relationship, you get in that groove you're you talking really about two hours later. That's right. Yeah. That's right. And you're like, oh, my God, like this is the, it, it. what's difficult is when you're forcing yourself to do it. And just like with anything else, the second that you practice something and you feel uncomfortable doing it, it all that means when you feel uncomfortable doing something, it just means your body's learning how to cope with new information. That's it. And the more you do this, the easier it becomes and the more engaged and a better communicator you become. And the more relaxed you become in the process. Right. Right. So now in terms of recapping everything that we learned for, for listening with intent and, and this one is, you know, if nothing else, this lesson out of all, seven, I think is the one that can breed the most 
connection. Because if you do this, everything else falls in line. If you ask these open-ended questions, you know, you, that avoids the destructive arguments. It does help manage the emotions because you're being inquisitive. It notifies you what needs are. It limits the amount of, of nonviolent language or sorry, uh, of, of, uh, of violent language that we might use, right? So this one exercise, just by doing this more than anything else, I think is, is if you do this, you are in a great uh, uh, place in the relationship. Absolutely. And for me, I found like the listening with intent part, um, in, in a way, it can be kind of the toughest too. Right. Um, just because being able to put my own mental chatter to a side. I grew up in a large family where we spoke and talked over each other all the time. So just <laughs> being able to just physically sit. Um, and I guess that brings up another point with listening with intent, quiet silence is very important. Right. So just being able to sit and, and be quiet and move and be quiet internally, mm -hmm. um, slow down that emotional response, slow down that mental chatter and put that to a side and really focus on the other person. Like that is a skill. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Okay. So. Uh, in terms, again, the reflection, the insight, and the practice, the reflection that we want to put into this is that listening with intent, what? Well, you know, the moments in your relationship uh, when you felt closest, just think about a time when you had an argument and you think about a time that you felt like you were heard and just remember and think about how different that felt. Right, right. Right. So when, when you compare the experience of great communication to the argument, what were the differences, right? Do you fully and completely understand what was going on for you in the argument for your partner? And how do your feelings about your partner different, differ now in this argument from when you felt the absolute closest, right? Those really reflective moments kind of at least give you a pause and say things, you know, this isn't fate for us to not communicate well. It is just a different time and place. Maybe there's a better path. And we're hoping that with the insight that this delivers, you'll get there. So in terms of insight. So by simply, you know, being inquisitive, being curious yeah. about our partner, um, that just in itself creates a, a deeper, more meaningful conversation. Right. Um, you know, if we're in a disagreement, we really need to try with that intent and that consciousness to be a, you know, to better understand what's going on for that person. Right. So not but, taking it personally, but just trying to be able to step back and say, like, what's going on here? So we, we're just saying we just need to explore their motivations, really. Right. So if we explore and, and if we explore their motivations, we can get a better idea. And then what happens again, they're going to start triggering or mirroring what we're doing. And, and, and they're going to ask us the same, or it's going to provide us with the opportunity for us to explain these things further, right? Because listening with intent, I mean, we all know what it feels like, right? To have such a deep and meaningful conversation with somebody that that's listening with intent when it's deep and meaningful and productive. So you know you were successful yeah. when, like you say, it's an hour later. That's right. Um, you know, you didn't even notice the time going by. And also, like, you know, just take the wins. When you start this, it, it's not always easy, but it's so worth it. Um, 
for yourself and for the people in your life. And, you know, sometimes you'll notice, you know, you, you'll think back and you say, oh, I did really good there. That that was great. But then I kind of went off the rails here. Right. Right. Yeah. You know, and but, you know, take your wins where you can get them. And naturally, we gravitate towards what makes us feel good, what makes us feel happy. So um, if nothing else from this podcast, I hope you take away listening with the intent as creating more happy moments in your life. Right. And using that tool uh, and gravitating towards that. Perfect. Perfect. So when we start talking about the practice for this, like actual steps that you can take and start practicing in the relationship. And and please, like when you when you download the guide and again, it's going to be in the about of, of this the, this podcast, mm -hmm. uh, there's going to be a, a website link for you to be able to you can download this whole thing um, uh, for yourselves, for your own practice. Um, what, and it's, it's a fillable PDF, so you can actually write this down. So the, 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 the practice questions that you want to write are what? The practice questions that you want to write are open-ended questions right. that start with how or what. Right. Just list them. If you can just have some questions in your head that, you know, get them down on paper so that you can be very curious when you go into the conversation, uh, and to be able to understand what's happening for the other person. And then the next piece is just that paraphrasing, that checking in, mm -hmm. that you, what you're hearing is what they're actually saying. What you're processing is what they're actually meaning. Right, right. And I think, I think that, you know, when, when we go back and we, we had that whole little piece that we talked about why you shouldn't ask questions like why, right? Because mm -hmm. uh, the truth is a how or what question answers the why. It does. It, it does. already answers the why, but you're just doing it in a, in a way that brings, you know, connection. And that's what we're really focused on. And, and, and I usually, uh, you know, do a sign off, uh, the, the, and I'm going to do it again shortly, but, um, you know, Nancy, thank you so much for being here. I know, uh, we actually get to have you back next week when we start talking about, uh, the apology and, and this one, uh, you know, a lot of people think an apology is one thing. And it is, uh, it's going to be a pretty interesting conversation for next week. And I really look forward to it, but I want to thank you so much for coming here, listening with intent. This is my favorite part of this program. Uh, and I think that it, it, it just yields such positive results when people start actually practicing this, uh, moving forward with it. So thank you so much for being here. No, it's, um, thank you for giving me the platform to do this. Um, <laughs> Uh, anybody out there listening uh, that wants to have a conversation about how to get better at this, uh, you know, please do give us a call. Um, the documentation, the PDF uh, for this podcast, our website, www.freshstartmediation.ca. We've got great resources there and we are always here, always here to help um, answer any questions, help guide and, and move you forward in, in whatever situation you're currently in. Okay, perfect. And, and how do people get a hold of you, Nancy? Um, my uh, cell is 780-799-6251. Um, my email is nancy at freshstartmediation.ca. Um, again, you go to our website at www.freshstartmediation.ca and you can find the whole team there. Okay, perfect. Well, again, thank you, Nancy, for being here. And to uh, all our listeners, thank you so much for uh, being part of this, uh, of episode five of the Fred Fresh Start podcast series, uh, where we are going through the full course content of the conflict resolution techniques for partnership. Um, for partnerships, this is about greater communication between you and your partner, uh, and perhaps steps that you can take. Um, and uh, like I said, my sign off 
for today. Uh, my usual sign-off is probably more uh, more impactful today than any other day. But uh, remember, sometimes you just got to listen to be heard. Uh, we look forward to seeing you guys next week. Take care. Why do you see?